0: Elite Physique University, your source for all things physique enhancement. All right. Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to Elite Physique University. I'm John Gorman, your host. We've got Jason Theobald back fresh from a trip down to get some sun. Jason, what's going on, man? How are you?
1: Doing pretty well on this Thursday night. Uh, it was 50 here in sunny uh, in Kentucky, which we don't get in January. So, Nice. It feels, feels a little better.
0: Yeah, man. How was, uh, how was your trip?
1: It was awesome. It was what I needed. Um, 75 and sunny. Um, saw one of my close friends and met his girlfriend and had some other friends join and, um, just good people all abound. And it was good energy and, uh, just everything I needed. Uh, we got out in the boat, which is really super relaxing. Um, when I got off that man, I felt like I'd smoked like 10 bowls. Um, <laughs> it is man, just super, you know, but like we were just cruising along looking at, you know, eight to $65 million properties, just taking in the sun. We got to the beach, we went out each night and eight high dollar dinners and, you know, just enjoyed life, dude. So it was nice.
0: Yeah, that's, that's good, man. I'm glad to see you do that. I mean, you've worked your ass off to build the empire that, that you've built. So uh, just to see you go out and be able to relax and enjoy it. And I know that sometimes that's not always the easiest thing for you. I'm kind of the same way. We're both tight asses. Uh, so where, where did you go? What city were you in?
1: Naples. And it's beautiful. You know, a lot of people think it's just old people, but um, I'll tell you what, we went out uh after cooper's hawk which is a winery real nice restaurant we went out to the the nightlife in naples and i was really impressed like it's all condensed into one area but uh it was young and old and there was no masks and everyone was on the dance floor like two inches from each other and it was basically like hey if you want to live life come on out if you don't stay the fuck home and that's the way this shit should be and uh, it just felt nice to be back to like normal life
0: yeah, man. Um, speaking of, so we're going to be down in Florida. We've got the Elite Physique University Seminar. Tickets are on sale. We've got three super VIP tickets left. Um, if you guys buy one of those, you get a nice package of fat muscle supplements, new ethics supplements. You get to train with myself and Jason. And then we have a private Q&A, which will just be four super VIPs, me and Jason. Um, yeah anything goes it's you know usually lasts an hour or two, but it's very intimate and it's it's well worth the money super vip tickets are always good we have three of those left and then we have we are limited on tickets um jason as we both know so we are going to sell this out just like we did the one in springfield but i'm going to link everything in the show notes you guys can go check it out um jason let's talk about our lineup with the things that we're going to talk about the lectures that we're going to give because this is something to where You know, we both charge a decent amount of money to do this stuff on Zoom. Um, This is a great value for a $250 ticket. Talk about your three
1: uh, lectures. So I'll be going over some gut health strategies, um, you know, covering SIBO and uh, covering acid reflux and your general bloat and where it comes from and what you're deficient in. And I will be covering peaking strategies from front loading, back loading, Uh, fat loading, I cover it all and give you some insight into different ways you can load in peak clients. I will be discussing thyroid health and what minerals it takes to have good thyroid health. And then I also go over what numbers we like to see on labs uh, while reviewing it. So some of those I give online at $500 a piece. So yeah, I mean, it's it's a hell of a discount really. And plus, you know, if you don't want to see us old farts, it's just great. You know, you're stuck in a room with Seventy to fifty people that are like-minded. It's great to network. You'll come out of there with at least one friend, or else you did something wrong. The training is always electric. We're all, you know, you got forty to fifty of the people that attend show up at the gym at the same time and fucking train, and you meet more people that way. So I always look forward to it. I I think for two fifty, you really can't go wrong. To be honest with you,
0: yeah, it's it's one of those events. I always tell people all the time, if if you're a professional and you're you're a coach and you do this for a living or you want to do this for a living. I've made so many connections at conferences over the years um, that I now do business with in some sort of fashion, or I've just learned so much it's propelled me to the next level. I highly recommend it. So grab a friend, grab some tickets. I'm going to cover my talk is uh, taking your physique from good to great. And I go over some, some things that you can really avoid, but some advanced strategies on taking your physique from good to great or your clients metabolic capacity. And I kind of tie that to the hormones issue, calories in calories out. It's a presentation on, on how both of those kind of affect things. But I really drive home the issues with the calories and calories outside. So Jason covers a lot of some of the hormone stuff in his talks. And um, finally, the other one's a unicorn approach on how to add calories to get someone to drop weight when they're bottomed out. That's a whole protocol. And Jason, what I like about yours especially, um, the peaking strategies and also the gut health talk you literally give these protocols and when they get their presentations and the attachments that i send everybody they have that stuff saved i have i have that stuff saved i refer back to it so you guys get these protocols and like like i said i know it sounds like we're salesmen and neither one of us are great salesmen but we're telling you guys for 250 this is fucking money like you just you can't beat it it's it's the 27th and 28th of march in tampa Fly into clearwater airport the saint pete area or wherever it doesn't matter um, we 'll have catered lunch it 'll it 'll just be a blast plus we 're going to record another episode of this yes. podcast live and that 's always fun i 'll never forget that first one we did. It was yeah. weird, but it was a blast so it
1: was cool it was cool
0: enough of that man uh let 's do some other housekeeping stuff real yeah. quick, and then we 're going to get on to this topic. um uh, You just released something new with new ethics uh yeah. tell us
1: about it so it 's biofilm resolve, and you know i 'm actually glad I get to talk about it a little bit because we get a lot of questions like what 's different with gut defender. And so I'll give you a quick rundown real fast. Um, When you have basically any infection or bad pathogens in the body, they will form biofilms and they'll do this even in a cut. Like, So if you have a cut or you had surgery, and you get infections, the same thing, biofilms form, they're all over the body. Well, when you get these bad pathogens that are causing issues in the gut, the opportunistic bacteria, they form biofilms and what happens is If you only hit it with, you know, some antifungals or antibacterial type products, you'll kill the ones floating around, but the ones that are compacted, you can't get through it. Well, the biofilm resolve helps basically break down the sludge. And then the gut defender can get to it. So it's a one-two punch for dealing with things like SIBO and even just, you know, gut dysfunction in the microbiome. So uh, it works really well in conjunction together. And that's a quick rundown of of why we did it. If you don't use a biofilm disruptor and you run a SIBO protocol, you got about a 50-50 shot of being successful. Um, So they kind of go hand in hand um, with our probiotic. Uh, which we recommend you adding after eight weeks of the Gut Defender and uh, the Biofilm Resolve and uh, bring in probiotics later and uh, the Gourmet Greens. And it's a whole system of of fixing uh, problems like that.
0: Perfect. Yep. I'm going to put that in the show notes. All the stuff we talk about will be in the show notes. But if you guys want to check that out, go ahead and head over there and click on that now real quick. And I know this is going to sound like it's a supplement podcast and it's not, but we just released three. Uh, we released a uh, premium L glutamine, which is huge for gut health immunity right now. Um, but this here, if you're watching on YouTube, you can see the label. Leslie really knocked it out of the park. We put together, it's called premium blended protein. And we were able to get my manufacturer to drop in small chunks of Reese's peanut butter cups. You can see it there on YouTube and it's not enough to throw the macro profile off a lot. You know, one scoop is 20 protein, less than two grams of fat and four carbs. And it's a, an isolate concentrate and micellar casein blend. So it's almost like a meal replacement protein and you open it up. It sounds like peanut butter cups. Um, there's six ingredients and then you add the peanut butter cups to it. So it's, it's, it's pretty good there. And then finally, man, this is the one I was excited for. We've pushed injectable L-carnitine so much on the show, and I have so many people, probably because most of my folks are natty and they're still thinking, you know, I just don't want to mess with the injections. So on my end, I came up with this. It's a premium L-carnitine dosed high, two grams per serving. There's a hundred servings in this tub, um, barely any sucralose shoes at all. It's like a 10th of a sucralose of a uh, Splenda packet in there, but it tastes lights out. You put it in a bottle of water, you can't even tell it's there. And I'm taking eight grams a day right now and testing that out. I'm not going to change anything with diet. Just want to see how things work. And so far I'm down two and a half, almost three pounds, but we'll see. Body is a little bit warmer. I can feel that, so we we'll, we'll see if you guys don't want to mess with the injections um, nothing's ever going to beat that for sure, but if you want to try this it 's there in the show notes, man. so enough about business let 's uh man let 's talk about the topic today so this is one that you know I did this back in two thousand and sixteen on the tNt podcast, and it was probably one of our more popular episodes we did and I thought, you know what we can even add to this we can even take it a little bit further because we can also add the super supplement side of this, uh, to the equation. So this is everything about the scale weight that goes up and why it's not always necessarily fat gain and how to look at it from a coaching perspective. So how are you, man? Are you, are you still getting a lot of clients where you have to explain this a lot? I know I constantly do. So what's, what's it look like on your end when the scale is kind of playing games?
1: You know, I had it today, someone checked in, uh, they didn't lose, but you know, it stayed the same and they're in a deficit and they even said, but I feel tighter. And my clothes feel better but i'm really pissed at the scale i'm hungry and it should have went down and you know so i had a whole whole discussion that says hey whoa you're leaner um you're either building muscle because you know you were off she had some surgeries or um you know something else affected weight which we're going to go into today but you know we got to go by how your clothes fit and how the mirror looks And if you're feeling tighter let's let's not worry about it And uh, she wrote back and said, you know, I was just kind of figure of speech. I I get it. But, you know, it said I'm pissed at the scale. Um, So I went into my diatribe of why she didn't need to be pissed or upset. Um, So I get that a lot. I get it, um, too, when I'm dealing with, you know, a lot of the hormonal cases. Um, You know, their weight jumps around a good bit. And there's a lot of things going on there that can cause different things with digestion and, you know, I'm feeding them up and resting them more, but you know, so yeah, I get it a lot. Um, I have to put the fires out. Um, so yeah, it's, it's still an issue. (laughs) Well, this,
0: this podcast is going to serve two episodes. One, it's going to help our listeners, but two, Every time my clients email me and they're like, hey, and I have to explain it, I'm just going to link this podcast. <laughs> so for those of you listening, because I sent you here and you're my client, you're welcome. Uh, but know that this will this will be a good show. I think it's important too for our coaches and trainers um, that are listening to the show. You really have to start to understand this. And it took me a little while at first. I don't know about you, Jason, but you know I would see the scale fluctuate. And I always took learning points. Usually it was from other coaches I was working with. I remember, you know, one of the ones we're going to get to with inflammation, I, I Skip Hill kind of learned um, a lot about that, passed it on to me because I was jumping around all over the place. So I've learned a lot of this from other coaches. But then as time went on, you just get to see so much of this in the trenches. I think this is going to be a good way for people to fast track if they don't have that experience. They're going to be able to reference this and be like, hey, you know, it's because of X, Y, Z. So Uh, Let's talk about how you have your clients. I know we're both the same, how we have them weigh on the scale. Uh, What are your recommendations? I know I always tell my clients first thing in the morning, get up, go to the bathroom, weigh naked or weigh in or underwear, just the same thing every single day. Um, What are you doing with your clients? You doing anything different? You having them weigh every day?
1: Um, The ones who can handle it, yes. But if I sense or get any pushback where it's affecting mentally, then I will say, uh, once a week. And I even have probably about eight that can't weigh at all. So then I make sure that pictures are same spot, same light, same time, same pose, so that I can really compare what's going on. So you know, if you get a client like that, who just can't mentally handle it, I don't force them because I don't want to cause issues. But I really enforce that it picks got to be consistent or else it's going to be really difficult to gauge um, improvement or, or, or not.
0: Yeah, that, that was something else that reminds me. I had a client email me. I think it was Monday. And um, she just kept worrying about the scale because it, it was up like one pound in like six weeks, right? And she just kept worrying about it, but her pictures looked better. And I said, hey, listen, you're so stressed. She's at, she was at tears, she said in her email. And I said, you know what? If we weren't even checking the scale, just looking at pictures, you'd be happy because you're making progress. And then I had a, a client earlier this year Um, she's gained six pounds and she was real low calorie when she started some metabolic compensation issues. She went from 123 to 129 and she looked better, but man, that scale was fucking her up. All she wanted to do is she kept asking me, When can I diet? When can I diet? I said, Hey, you came to me low calorie, like I need you six months so I can fix this. And I was like, But you look better. So, a lot of this is how people look at it. It is, it is good to hear that you do give them the option. Um, I like to ask my clients to weigh, I've got an Excel spreadsheet, weigh every, every day and it averages out per week. And I, I try and teach them to look at the average per week. Um, but you're right. I think sometimes just using pictures, I, I need to probably do that a little bit more with my clients that struggle. Um,
1: it helps their mental and, you know, once you, once you've trained your eye, which you've been at this long as I have almost, you know, you can get it. You just got to make sure that they really give you good picks.
0: Yeah. Let's talk about a couple other things when it comes to the scale and then we're going to get into things that kind of affect it for people that are, that are prepping and they tell you, Hey, Jason, I I've got to travel. What do you tell them to do with the scale? You tell them, to take it with you. You tell them to find something there, which I mean, I, I know the not, answer.
1: If they're not in prep, I don't, I don't need the scale. I mean, I don't take it, um, on vacations. <laughs> so I just tell them, look, you're on vacation. If you want to check in, check in if not eat good all week go out but eat sensible the goal is not to gain weight that's your goal for the week i don't care if we're in a cut and you go on vacation i don't care if you drop just try not to come back gain in a ton um if they're in prep yep take the scale i mean every everything then is you know got to be got to be consistent i need the data um and uh they need to be they need to be on their game so it just depends on where they're at in their programming and um you know, their situation basically.
0: Yeah. I have got clients too. I've had people before, like a guy goes and stays with his girlfriend on the weekend or something like that. And he's like, Hey, and, and I'll notice his weights way up on the weekend. He's like, dude, my diet's perfect. And I, they never tell me about the scale. I, I figured out, I have to ask, I'm like, you're using a different scale. Oh yeah. I was at my girlfriend's house weighing. Well, fuck man. Sometimes scales are different. So just in your travel bag, throw a scale in there, it's flat. It doesn't take much. Just take it with you if you're dieting and you have to stay on point. And then one other thing I figured I'd throw out there too, I've also noticed too when I've got clients really fluctuating and they, they swear to me that diet's on point. And that's the key, man. The diet's got to be point on all this shit before you really start worrying too much. But if everything's on point, I've had people weigh like three or four times on their scale back to back to back. And if it's off a lot, just try changing the batteries. I've noticed that that's really worked change the batteries and if not you just got to get a new scale but a couple other little tips anything else you can think of man before we get into some of these things that throw the scale off
1: Hmm. no not yet i think we're good
0: now that so this is the meat and potatoes this this is the fun part um, let's go ahead and start with supplements um, i'll throw the first one out and then you can get to the fun ones um, I was sitting here talking about this with Jacob Klessens, our registered dietitian that works with fat muscle talking about the podcast. And I was like, so what are the ones you think of off the top of your head? And he, you know, he named all the ones I had listened and he was like creatine. I'm like, shit, man, I forgot about that. So creatine's obviously one that, um, I see a lot of people that they, they just don't take it when they do, they'll gain, you know, an, a pound or two and it's just cellular water because it pulls water into the cell. It's common. And yeah, the scale goes up. But most people are going to look better. Like 99.9% of people are going to look better because it's water inside the muscle cell. So you'll see it in the gym. You'll see it in your pumps. You'll just look better. Uh, don't let creatine mess with you. You don't have to load it or anything like that. Just I recommend five grams a day. But I always warn my clients when they first start. I'm like, yeah, you might see the scale go up a little bit. Um, let's get to the fun stuff, man. What about uh, what about some of the super sups? Let's talk about that.
1: Well, let's talk about, you know, obviously all of them are going to make you game but let's talk about you know the women's side first you know a lot of them are going to add var um, if they're you know going to take pads um there's water weight that comes with that i don't care how they tell you it's low you know it doesn't convert to estrogen there is a little water weight that women will hold um sometimes they'll hold a little bit more in their stomach too just more water internally um you know they might feel a little bloated but the scale is going to go up And the point of taking it is to see the scale go up. So I'll have clients who start VAR and they're flipping out that they're up three pounds the next week. And I'm like, you started a male hormone that makes you gain muscle. Like what did you think was going to happen? Um, so, you know, yeah, you take a performance enhancing drug that, that drives nitrogen retention and, you know, glycogen retention, you're going to be fuller and you're going to gain weight. That's the point of it. Um, you know, Things like um, GH, which women will take a lot, is going to do the same thing, you know, and if some days I have people take more, sometimes I have people take less, sometimes off days, I don't have them take it at all to remain more insulin sensitive. And so, you know, on those two days, maybe I don't have them take it when they get back on it, you're going to see the scale go up. Um, Now, you know, as far as the harsher drugs, they do the same, but a lot of those are more reserved for men and men love seeing the scale go up. You know, they don't <laughs> care if it's up two pounds. You know, if they fucking hit some tests, they're like, fuck yeah, man, why is it not up five? Right. right. Um, so you know, I don't have that conversation much with men. Um, but yeah, those those are the main culprits. Um, and you know, insulin does the same thing. Um, you know, aldosterone rises when you use insulin. And insulin also shuttles, it's a shuttling hormone. So you're gonna be shuttling more carbohydrates, more nitrogen into the cell. So weight's going to go up. And then is that, is that some days, you know, the water's going to come off better than others, maybe stress holds it more, but those are the three that um, women may use um, that are going to cause it. And again, I just don't see too many men caring um, that the scale's going up.
0: What, what about Primo when women use that? I, I don't have a lot of experience with clients doing that. What is sure it? Not. I heard it's, it's pretty it's, low.
1: It's it's low. I mean, it's, The side effects are generally low, although everyone has to try a compound and I recommend they try them separately because just because it works for five women doesn't mean it doesn't make the next woman's voice start to crack and pop. And, you know, they need to be like, okay, well, if that's cracking and popping, that means it's going to drop if I keep this up. Um, But yeah, it's low side effect. Um, It also has to do with dosing. I mean, if you just take 33 migs, two times a week, you're probably not going to have many sides. You know, if you start taking 150 megs, you're probably going to have, you know, a week you're probably going to have sides. Um, but yeah, any of that's going to go up and down. And then depending like when you dose it. So if you dose it on a Monday and Thursday, those days, your weight's probably going to go up more and then it's going to flush and then go, you know, it's going to, so it's going to yo-yo a little bit on days that you dose it. Yeah.
0: The, the other thing too is, it's just a straight HRT dose as well. I know guys will will see a rise here. You hold a little bit of water, but you're going to yeah. start putting muscle on fast, if, especially if it's your first time. Um, women, I, I generally whenever women start either the cream or weekly injections, I still see their weight start to climb. It's more of a steady climb, though. I would just imagine there's lower water retention just because of the dosage is just so low, you know, five megs a week or whatever it's going to be.
1: At five migs a week on testosterone, I don't see women hold much water. Yeah. When they get above 10 migs a week, so 15 to 20, and some need that to get the free test cranking, there is water held. Yeah.
0: Um, what about, uh, you brought up one before we started the show. Let's talk about Yohimbi, and that's, that's one I know that I drop out during peak week if I've got yep. clients taking it um yeah. let's talk about that it's it's a damn good fat burner for the stubborn fat but there's a reason why i drop it out peak week what are your thoughts on water retention there
1: yeah so i mean yohemine is a great fat burner it turns off the alpha 2 receptors which are more prevalent in the more stubborn fat areas and beta receptors are more prevalent in kind of the easier areas and that's what Clin and ephedrine will turn off um so it's a nice one-two punch with something like clint and ephedrine um to use yohimbine. you can use it on its own too though um but I see this more in women that it causes water retention. I know when I used to take it, it causes me a lot of anxiety. So I really don't use it. I'll use it in topical form, like on my lower back and glutes, but that doesn't seem to get too systematic at least. So if you are someone that has anxiety, use the creams, but many ways, um, orally I see it kind of cause some water retention um, on some people. So if you're like, doing a protocol like I do, where I'll have two days of clenbuterol, which dries the body out, and then I put them on two days of yohimbine, they see the scale go up. Yeah, uh, because of the water retention. But for some reason, women seem to hold more on it than men. But I drop it the final week too, um, uh, just because I, I've seen that it that it can blur legs and different things like that a little bit.
0: Yeah. We'll talk about some meds here real quick, none in super particular, but then we'll kind of move on to the other stuff. Um, you've got some things obviously birth control can cause cause some issues, some meds that you might have to take might constipate you, which will cause a skill to go up. We'll talk a little bit about that. Um, antibiotics. That's whenever you have a client start that, what are you normally seeing?
1: I always tell them you're going to gain a pound or two. Yeah. Uh, I'm not really sure what it's doing or why, uh, I'm not sure if it's the stress on the digestive tract. I'm not sure if it's stress on a liver, but it causes water retention. Uh, people will feel more puffy and they just need to know. And so it might hold, it might go up and down. I've seen it all. Um, but you know, when someone tells me they're going to be on antibiotics, I try to give them a little warning, um, that they will see the scale go up.
0: Yeah. Let's go ahead and move on to some of these other causes. Now uh, we got the kind of the fun ones out of the way. The, the one of the first ones
1: that I learned
0: way back in the day is 2010. that I really started to understand and then pass on to my clients when I would see it to them was soreness and inflammation and water retention, kind of where are people seeing that and, and how are they seeing it on the scale? I mean, this is a, this is a common thing because you're training in the gym. Go ahead and talk about that.
1: I think I I think you see it the most with the bigger body parts. So the bigger the bigger the group, the more you're going to see the impact. So if you go do arms, you're not really going to see much generally unless you're just overdoing everything and inflammation is built up. But let's say your programming is solid. Uh, You're going to see it after legs a lot. It's half your body. You stand, you know, so the gravity hits them. They're sore. So the water kind of stays. It's not like it's flush. It just kind of holds and pools. Um, so that inflammation in the legs is when I see it. So they, that day after two days after legs, you might see the scale rise. And that's, that's very normal in a lot of people.
0: Yeah. I tell people all the time, whenever I'm kind of picking apart their, their, their measurements, their weight, I'll start to ask them some of these questions that we're going over. And one of the first things I ask them is like, Hey, are you sore? Uh, Especially if they started some new program, if I put them on something new or they just came off a D load and then they're back to training real hard you know, you'll see some soreness drop in. I tell them, I was like, that's the water being held by the the muscle cell trying to repair and and, um, recover. And I was like, so it's a very common thing. Um, Especially when someone's overreaching, whenever I put a client on a one or two week hard overreach before a deload, man, I almost always see a one pound rise in females up to two pounds in guys. And that's just because inflammation is through the roof because you're literally beating yourself into the ground on purpose. And then what happens during a deload, Soreness goes away, inflammation drops, and freaking water just falls right off of them. So it's a, it's a very, very common thing. I'll throw this next one over to you. This will be a big one, and this will be one that people understand. They come out to our seminar. Let's talk about digestion and bloat. Obviously, I can, I can talk about the real easy part real quick. If you're backed up and not going to the bathroom, obviously, you're going to weigh heavier on the scale, right? So that's one of the first things I ask clients as well. Are you backed up? Are you going to the bathroom once a day? Or is it only every few days? Well, you know, I see it more in women. When they're backed up, obviously, scale is going to be up. But talk about digestion, bloat, and gut health without, you know, we could do a whole podcast on this and we have. But, you know, where are you seeing that tie into into weight?
1: So, you know, there's a lot of foods that you know, people may eat that they don't realize is causing them problems, you know, I mean, I did this for years, I'd overeat oats, I was always kind of bloated, Um, you know, now I barely eat them, if I eat them, it's maybe once, once or twice a week. So, you know, if you've got someone who's constantly got an irritated stomach, you know, maybe they have a gluten issue, um, but they're going to bloat more, there's going to be more inflammation, there can be more water retention just all around. And, you know, that bloat and that gas is going to weigh something. Um, so, you know, um, a lot of times too, if they're not choosing the right foods and the food sits in the belly longer, and that's going to cause weight, which you kind of just kind of touched on. Um, so, you know, it really comes down to food choices too. You know, I've seen people, you know, a lot of times they'll, you know, if I got someone I'm trying to fix SIBO and I've got uh, them on low FODMAP and they go out and either they they try to get gluten free or uh, they just forget and their cheap meal has gluten in it, they'll be wrecked for two to three days and up two to three pounds from that inflammatory response. Um, same with dairy and some people too. So inflammation means water retention and a lot of times that's where that bloat kind of feeling comes from. They'll have it kind of around the stomach, the belly and things of that nature. So that's gonna add to the scale.
0: Yeah, and I know too, going back to the digestion side of things, when you're backed up, and you can't poop, really. Um, I'll tell clients all the time, that around four or 500 milligrams of magnesium citrate pills. You can take that. You can take it before bed. Magnesium oxide seems to work as well too, but magnesium citrate seems to be the number one. I believe that's what you recommend as well, right?
1: It is. Yeah. yeah. Just help. Potality, help. The, the lower intestine helps kind of get it, get it rolling. And uh, magnesium actually just relaxes the body in general. So pretty bad. It's really a nice supplement. Anyways, if someone's like work, you know, have his trouble sleeping and sometimes that'll be enough just to get them to relax and get those muscles and that tension gone.
0: Yeah. Let's, uh, guys, I don't want you to leave just because we're going to discuss this next one, um, because it's important because you're probably going to have to either deal with it with a girlfriend or wife or a client. So we're going to talk about the monthly cycle and, um, and kind of what we watch for. So Jason, whenever whenever you're seeing a scale, the scale kind of creep up on a female and you start asking them questions if they're not telling you um when when do you start seeing water retention happen? Do you see it happen right before the cycle, during the cycle? I I generally
1: week before the period on most okay. women.
0: Yeah, when, so kind of give everybody a rundown of what you're seeing.
1: Yeah, you know, um progesterone is is going to, you know, spike and some dial and you know so they're going to be bloated uh actually digestion on some women that i that i help and work with goes to shit too and it's kind of just them there's not a whole lot we've been able to kind of do for it other than you know certain food eliminations and things that cause more inflammation so it's not just terrible during that time but i see digestion sometimes kind of go to shit during that time Um, but you know, there's gonna be more water retention and maybe some digestion issues. So you'll see the scale up, you know, anywhere from a half a pound to three to four pounds on some women. And it's usually about a week out from their period. And so sometimes, yeah, you know, I'll see them complaining about the scale and then I go, well, are you going to start your period soon? Oh yeah, yeah, I am. I'm like, all right, well, this has happened. One hundred times in your life. Yep. <laughs> um, you know, you should know by now that the scale goes up. So let's calm down, and uh, that's that's probably what this is. Let's give it a week. We're not going to have food. We'll just we'll just roll on through here, and you know, get get over the hump. And and usually then it flushes, and everything is uh, is kosher.
0: Yeah, it's a. Uh... Normally, I always just tell them we're just going to keep going. There's nothing really that, that you can do. I know that some want to take diuretics and all this different stuff, and they're trying to fight something that's, that's hormonal. And I remember one time I had a, a female that was, um, you know, 50 years old. And she's a close enough friend of mine. And she's probably listening to the show, actually. And she, Man, she was letting it fuck with her because she was during prep. I said, hold on. You've been having a period for thirty-five fucking years. Like right. you know what's happening, right? And you know we just kind of laughed about it, and it kind of got her to sell down. She you knew how prep is. Like yeah. prep stressful and you're chasing that number that you want to get to. So, um, a lot. Of, go ahead.
1: Well, I was gonna say just so women understand, progesterone is uh, it 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 lowers insulin sensitivity. So, I mean, if you are really good at tracking your cycle and you know when you're hit luteal phase and progesterone spikes you could technically pull some carbs um but you know that gets technical and you know you got to be tracking everything and be on your game and then you can put them back uh, or you can just kind of you know get through it and uh and move on but yeah it lowers insulin sensitivity so um you got to keep that in at that in mind uh as that spikes
0: um i've got I've got a lot of female clients that love taking and this is why we carry it on our site, your Chase Perry liposomal yeah. uh, that yeah. had less cramping and stuff like that. Oh, is that yeah. something that, that you rec- I've seen lower uh, scale increases when they when they use that.
1: Yeah. It just makes period symptoms less uh, harsh. Um, it's really good at, at doing that. It helps regulate progesterone and. Um, for a lot of women who were put on birth control young, it would have been a really good alternative to help just with cramping and, and ease the period symptoms.
0: Yeah. I can't remember the price off the top of my head, but it's dirt cheap. Like, I I think every female that has a cycle should take that. Um, you can find it anywhere. It's new ethics. berry liposomal. So, um, let's talk about... Um, Probably the most important one that I learned over the years was low sleep. I started to see a correlation between when my clients would sleep in on the weekends and they would hit new lows and then they get up Monday morning to go to work and they wouldn't be able to sleep in and their scale weight would always be higher on a Monday. And back when I first started, I thought, ah, they're just eating shit on the weekend. So I'd ask them, are you cheating on the weekend? But this happened to everybody in prep the whole nine yards. And that's where I started to kind of start to learn when you get less sleep, your weight is always higher. Um, how much of this conversation do you have with clients? It's a big one with me and mine.
1: Yeah, I've had it too. And, you know, I think there's two things going on. Um, one thing I think that's going on is uh, there's just less time to flush the body. So, you know, if you sleep eight hours and then the next day you only sleep five, you're just not as dehydrated. You're not as dry when you wake up. Uh, the second thing is if, if it keeps happening, uh, you know, and you're just getting poor sleep, you lose insulin sensitivity. Yep. And so the carbs that you are eating now are circulating more in the bloodstream. You're going to be more puffy. Um, and you might hold more water all day then, um, as you're in essence, basically, you know, cranking out more insulin and, you know, potentially having more circulating blood sugar. So, uh, there's two things going on there, um, that, that cause that, but yeah, I see that a lot. And, uh, sleep is one of those things that if you get more of it, usually fat loss is easier. And again, inflammation lowers, insulin sensitivity improves. You got more time to flush all of those things.
0: Yeah. I've, I've went on record. I made a post, I don't know, two or three years ago that said my number one fat loss stall breaker is getting people to sleep more. It's always the number one. It's always the number one thing. Even if someone's getting decent sleep and they're, they're in a, in a prep and they're kind of stalled out and drops aren't working. I get them to sleep in on the weekends. I'm like, don't set your alarm. Don't do shit. Like get out of bed when your body's ready to get, get out of bed, man. I see people drop like crazy. Like some of the bigger guys, I'll see a two pound drop just over the weekend, you know, female drop that pound. And then what happens after it gets people motivated, stress lowers. Like when people aren't getting enough sleep, you're talking about your body just staying beat up. It's never recovering. So cortisol stays high. And then like Jason said, insulin sensitivity goes to shit because of that, Um, so it's really kind of a, it's kind of the gateway to a shit show is what low sleep is. So to me, it's, it's one of the more important ones, um, which leads us to man, probably the biggest one I think, and that's cortisol and stress. You and I did a a deep dive and, uh, really did a good job of breaking that down. If you guys go back and listen to the archives to episode two, did deep dive on cortisol and stress, but talk about what you're seeing with clients whenever you just see the scale go up not necessarily from low sleep but just stress in general and you, and you've been there yourself obviously you just prepped for a show in just a matter of a handful of weeks and had a divorce going on at the time like a lot of stressful things and move um, what are you seeing when clients are going through that just on the scale
1: well you know it's gonna it's gonna ebb and flow with the stress um, so that means it's just gonna rise and, and lower um, you know when you're stressed, you're cranking out adrenaline you're cranking out norepinephrine you're cranking out cortisol and all these things are designed to liberate fatty acids and carbs into the bloodstream and it's fine as you need them but you know again we're not running from the tiger all the time so it starts to build up and that's why you're getting you know you're losing insulin sensitivity Um, that's why you're getting that that extra water being held Um, so it kind of ebb and flows with the stress so you know, if someone's stuck in a stress period, you know, I might pull cardio, I might up carbs, I talk about getting more sleep, and I'll add cortis. And you know, I do that a lot during prep, and I'll just have someone kind of say, fuck it for three days. I mean, they got to track their macros, but I give them way more carbs, and uh, just let them kind of chill out. And it always helps um, get the body going again.
0: Yeah, I don't have anything else to add to that. I I think everyone should go back and re-listen to episode two. I listened to it and we did the damn show. It's just really, really good information. Um, Here's one that that I see actually happen a lot. Um, Two different things happen with low sodium or or seeing a spike in sodium. Um, I know a lot of old school hardcore dieters back in the day were like prep on low sodium, right? That was kind kind of the big thing, which is a huge fucking mistake. You and I have always been high on sea salt, uh, I remember when when I first started, uh, Mark turned me on to sea salt. You were already turned on to it. Um, but I see a lot of clients that come to me that they're eating low sodium. And when I check with them, especially especially if they're getting coming to me close to a peak week and I haven't been doing their prep, and all of a sudden they start adding sodium in, they're going to hold more water naturally because it pulls water into the body, into the cell, and stuff like that. Um, Or if someone goes out and they have a big meal and it has a lot of sodium in it because it's cooked somewhere else, like maybe in the off season, they're going to see a spike. It's just water. It's going to fall off. But one thing that I wanted you to go ahead and explain, we can both kind of break this down if you want. People that stay low sodium for so long, they see an issue with aldosterone, the hormone that causes retention. Talk about that a little bit because I know we used to see that during peak weeks, but I'm seeing it in people that are low sodium year
1: round. So when you are low sodium, aldosterone goes up and it's basically designed to basically then retain sodium so that you're not continually losing it. Um, it's an important electrolyte. So, you know, that's why during peak week, back in the day when people would pull sodium, if they did it too long, that aldosterone would have a chance to kind of pick up and re, you know, store, not keep you from peeing out extra and you would kind of get puffy and retain yeah. finally. Um, so we all learned that you keep water high until, you know, you can trick the body for a minute, but not forever. You keep sodium in and you keep that aldosterone low. Um, so, you know, now, now we know, you know, maybe you can switch to sips for maybe 12 hours. is all the window you have. And then, you know, that's a problem. We're saying with the sodium, you might be able to pull it for a little bit, but a lot of times you're going to have a better physique, just leaving it in, keep that aldosterone yeah. low, keep the water cranking, keep sodium in. So yeah, I mean, you know, what I find is because I use so much sodium in my daily life, when I go eat at a restaurant, even it's super so salty. I'm barely up and weight the next day. It really, I don't fluctuate much. Um, so if you're someone who's a little more low sodium dieter, and then, you know, you, your coach gives you a cheat meal or you just, you know, you, you have your off season free meal that's going to affect you more. And I will say this, there are some people that's more sodium sensitive. I mean, I've seen people who I have you sea salt da- you know, daily and they'll still go have a cheat meal out at a restaurant. They're up five pounds. Um, they're just really sodium sensitive. Uh, and those people do exist. So Yeah.
0: I, I tell people, I, I say, listen, you're probably going to see a pound or two increase. Just ride it out. Um, it, your body will normalize. But it's, you know, somebody has been low sodium for a while, I see about a week, week and a half before their body kind of chills out and then it drops back down to where it needs to be. Um, whenever somebody comes off a, a, a big, big meal and you want to rid bloat. Um, what do you like to recommend as far as like, you know, water intake and stuff like that to kind of flush it off? Do you recommend anything?
1: I mean, I'm a big proponent in just because you fucked up once, don't fuck up your diet more. Um, I've always been like that. So, um, I just always recommend like getting back at it. Um, I have had people do some hit cardio if it's really bad, um, you know, for a few days because you're burning glycogen when you do that. So, you know, that bloat's going to come down especially if they're in a situation where their ankles are really puffy and like, I feel like it's, you know, it's an unhealthy situation, blood pressure's up, but you know, if it's just from a free meal where they're like, ah, I kind of went a little overboard, you know, usually it's like two and they're up three and a half. I don't do much. I just get them backed on everything. Make sure they're flushing with a ton of water and it, it's fine. I just don't like screwing up more days of, of meal plans um and macros i also feel like you know you can get into eating disorders then where they're like oh well you know i ate an extra 600 calories and coach just told me to cut 30 carbs so if i eat an extra thousand calories i can just cut 60 and he had me do like two hits so i'll just do like four hits and then the next week well i need to add 2,000 calories so now i'm gonna you know and it kind of gets into this kind of binge and purge thing and i just don't like to create those habits so I've never been one to really kind of, um, do a whole lot. Uh, but you know, if it's a danger zone area where the ankles are puffy, blood pressure is high, then yeah, extra hits, um, and, uh, flushing with water, things like that. But, um, I don't do a whole lot. Uh, so.
0: Yeah. Normally I'll just tell people just increase your water an extra liter or two, you know, a couple extra shakers of water a day that that'll help flush it in a day or two. Um, and then will we'll see what it looks like on your next check in a few days right. later. So no big deal. I, I I'm okay with some natural diuretics. I don't tell my clients to do it, but I know myself with blood pressure. I, I try to get my sodium sky high. So whenever I do once a week, go have something, especially if it's like, if I put some soy sauce on my chicken and rice or something like that, I'll hold and I hold it a lot in my face. I just hate it. So I might hit some dandelion root or something real natural and mild. It just helps me start moving that water that day. Um, but other than that, I'm I'm with you, man, just uh, just getting back at it. And uh, that's pretty much it, man. I, there's one more thing I can think of that I didn't add to the show notes. But and I know we both see this, but when someone's been dieting real low carb for a long time and then all of a sudden, I know sometimes what you like to do is you like to when you do a reset um, you like to lower someone's carbs and you just throw the carbs right back in, lower the fats and you'll go back. There's been times where you you go ahead and ramp it up really fast. Um, or during a diet phase, are you seeing a, a lot of water retention when you move carbs back in that fast? I know I like to move them in a little slower, not saying it's better, or worse. I'm just saying, I don't see the big increases in weight. What are you seeing on your end?
1: I'm really not because a lot of times when I'm doing this, someone's been dieting, you know, 11, 12 weeks and so let's say they're at 100 carbs and I double it to 200. I usually pull fats down some. Yeah. Um, protein may even come down. just depends where I want the calories at. But they're so depleted and I really don't see much of a weight spike, honestly. I really don't. Um, even with the rest, even with you know doing nothing. Um, the body really wants all that and, uh, seems to take care of it. Now there might, you know, some people might come back to me up a pound, but I'm not even worried about it because of the benefits of the cortisol drop, what it does with leptin and ghrelin and just everything of that nature and the, you know, metabolic spike. So, um, yeah, I, I give warnings that, you know, there might be a spike in weight, but honestly, most of the time there's just not.
0: Yeah. They're zooming, they're moving when you drop everything else and raise the carbs. Yeah. I like it. All right, man. This has been a, a fun episode. I think there's a lot of people that will, will gain some good insight here, whether they're coaches, trainers, or whatnot. Um, we are somewhere close to 400, um, 400 reviews. And I know Jeff over there at the Excellence Cartel, <laughs> Jeff Black's like, Buck Gorman's still got more. So we do have more, um, but we need that shit to go up. We haven't had a lot of reviews lately. So if you guys don't mind, we yeah. just ask that you tell some friends.
1: If you're a new listener, take the time, drop us a, drop us a review. We yeah. we appreciate it.
0: Yeah, we really do. So, uh, man, I hope we see a bunch of people out, out at the, uh, the seminar in Tampa. I know we will, but I'm looking forward, you know, we just opened up the ticket sales and we've got, we've got them rolling, but you know, let's sell this out and let's go have some fun, get some sun down in, in March. Fuck this cold. So yeah. All right, guys, we will be back soon. I know uh, we've got a couple other muscle building mistakes to cover. We've got some fat loss mistakes to cover in our next couple episodes. And then uh, I need to get with you, and we need to put together an estrogen deep dive. That's That's been long overdue. You guys did a really good one on the excellence cartel. And, you know, we'll have one of our own um, that will match that and be a little bit different. But enough for today. For myself and Jason, we're out of here. Thanks, guys.